Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, where we offer you podcasts of the supernatural and the unexplained. Get ready now for Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. I was interviewed a few days ago on a pretty big podcast, and I was delighted that I could share about everything I'm up to. When the host introduced me, she introduced me with, of course, author of the book, We Don't Die host of this podcast, all the online things we do. But then she went in great detail about how positive I am. And Sandra is a glowing representative of the fact that if we believe in the afterlife, that we're happy and our life works out. And it was this rah, rah, happy, happy. And she said, what do you want to talk about today? And it hit me. We human beings, our life It's like being on a roller coaster. Sometimes it's frightening. Sometimes it's the fear of the unknown. Sometimes it's fun and exhilarating. I told her, as much as the picture she painted of me was nice, it's not quite accurate. Currently in my life, I'm going through the wee (laughs) stage on the roller coaster. Just went down a big hill, having some fun wind in my face with my friends all as well. But I said to her, I want to get back to the basics and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because it is out of the worst pain of my life that I can be here today sharing with you. If there was a person on TV with some get rich quick book, would you believe them if they were somebody who was always wealthy? Or if the guy or gal came on and he or she had hit rock bottom and on their own, they did what it took to become successful. And now not only are they sharing the get rich quick, but they're making sure they're helping people. They donate, they give money away, and they are totally of service. I think you, like me, would probably get the book from the second person. Nobody wants to hear 
words of advice from somebody who's always been successful. We want to know the person we're listening to has been in the trenches, has been where we are, that we can look up to them thinking, okay, if they were there and now they're here, then there's hope for me. Many years ago, I did some speaker training and I felt out of place. I felt pretty intimidated by the crowd of people I was with, many of them very successful, many of them on television. There was a group of about 20 of us. It was before my book had come out. I knew at some point I would be sharing my story. So we had to pretend that there was a camera in front of us and we had to deliver a five-minute pitch about who we were, what our past is about, what we're up to now, and what we would like to share with people. So the instructor said, who would like to go first? And I don't know if you're like me, but I get really nervous. So I decided just to get up and do it first and get it out of the way so I could sit back and watch everybody else instead of anticipating and having fear through all the other people's presentations. I did the best I could. I really delivered what I knew to be truthful, what I thought would help people. And then it was over. So everybody else went. And there was this woman who was the perfect petite, size four, (laughs) beautiful lady, hair just perfect, everything just perfect. And she delivered a flawless presentation. She's someone who's on one of the biggest news shows that we have in America. She's a doctor and she had her stuff together. I mean, she was flawless. So we watched everybody, and at the end, we all had to vote who did the best job. I voted for the doctor. Everybody else voted for me. I was stunned. The instructor said, why did you vote for Sandra? And they said, because she's real. We could see ourselves in her story. And the fact, I hate to say this, that I'm a big girl, (laughs) actually worked in my favor because I wasn't trying to be the perfect size with the perfect nails and the perfect hairdo. I just wanted to share from my heart. Just recently, I told you that I am on George Norrie's show on Gaia TV called Beyond Belief. When the episode came out, I was nervous because I don't like how I look. I've been somebody who's battled my weight all my life. And all I saw in front of me was this fat girl on a chair talking to the great George Norrie. And I said, Sandra, put away the ego that you're not good enough. See, the ego can strike in many ways. It can say, look at me, I'm the greatest in the world. And it can also say, I'm the worst in the world. That little voice inside of our head is rarely our friend. But I decided to put all judgments aside and just listen. And there before me, I saw a beautiful person, me, sharing her heart out about the pain and suffering and where she is today. And I thought, you know what? I can believe her because I've had that pain and she knows what it is to feel it. Today on the show, I want to introduce you to my why. Why it is so essential that I share about the afterlife why it's so essential. I talk about grief. 
I want to introduce you to my dad, who is in the spirit world, but tell you a little bit about what happened, things you haven't heard before, that make me do what I do. I still have members of my family that don't speak with me. I got written off by my siblings when dad died, and those relationships have not come back together. It's been a tough journey. Do I have a smile on my face now? Yes. Do I have really good friends that believe in me, that I can share about the afterlife and positive things? Yes, I do. We can't pick our family that we're born into, but we can pick our spiritual family. And there are people that will come into your life that are just a match for you. And like a circle, sometimes relationships come apart, but I have 100% faith that they come back together, that sometimes crappy stuff does happen to get us on our spiritual journey, to get us to learn about other human beings and why we do what we do, maybe to put us on the spiritual journey of hitting rock bottom to be able to lift ourselves up. But I'm in a good place in my life right now, even though there's a lot that I don't have. I lost my business because of COVID. So I've had to recreate myself trying to pay the bills from my enterprises with online teaching mediumship and all the other good things that we do. My mom has suffered some health problems. She's doing great though. She's great now. I've relocated to be with her and care for her. Things aren't as I had planned, and I'm happy. Little things make me happy, whereas before I thought I needed the big things to make me happy. So today, I want to introduce you to who my dad is, was, you know, he's still around, why I'm so passionate I want you to meet the Sandra that has been through some really tough times, but now can look back and say, oh my God, that had to happen exactly the way it did for me to be here right now. It is not an easy journey, this life, and you might be going through something really horrific right now. I do believe that we have a team of cheerleaders in the invisible world around us, helping us in our lives, and also letting us know that they're still around and that there's a bigger picture, but also trusting that it might be a year or two down the road where you can look back on this time and say, oh my gosh, I needed to have that happen so this could happen, this good thing, making a difference maybe for just one person. On this episode two, I want to tell you about Dr. Bernie Siegel, who you may know. He is an oncologist, retired now, but he's got a dozen books out. And he was one of the first people with mind over body healing treatments. He was my dad's doctor. I want to talk about some of the signs that I've gotten that my dad is still very much alive. And not only that, I believe he's helping me on this journey to get to 
the most amount of people possible. Different kind of episode, but aren't they all? The one thing that I don't want is for you to say, she's got it all handled. Her life is great. Why would I ever believe her? No, just the opposite. I've been, or maybe you are right now. I have survived it. I have learned. I've come a long way. And if I could be where I am today, there are better days ahead for you. Now, I'm not stupid. I've got many years left. And the older we get, things happen. And grief happens. But I feel armed with a toolbox of powerful tools that I want to share through every episode and a team of people on my side, both alive and not alive, that are going to support me and you in this journey. I call life a roller coaster. William Shedd, who was an American theologian back in the 1800s, said, A ship in a harbor is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. So as we proceed in this episode and you proceed in life, it really can be a lot of waves, a lot of turbulence. It's about the journey and we're in this together. So let's go for our first break. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot shades. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's it like on the other side? Listen to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain to find out only here on iHeartRadio. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. Started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always gonna have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now more Sandra on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. So who the heck was my dad and why is he so important to what it is I'm doing right now? Well, name John Champlain. Great guy. Grew up in Massachusetts, became a pilot when he was a teenager, went on to being a pilot in the Air Force and a pilot for American Airlines. Good dad. We did a lot together. He taught me how to fly an airplane I grow up, I go through high school, I go through college, I become very busy in life. I'm a trained chef, I work in hotel and restaurant management, and dad and I didn't really go separate ways, but I was busy being a young person. He and my mom divorced when I was about 14 years old, always got along after that, but just weren't meant to be together. Dad got remarried that relationship broke up. He ended up dating another lady until he passed. Dad and I did become somewhat estranged. I got very close to my mom. I really listened to her from her point of view about the relationship she and my dad had and ended up having a lot of compassion for who she was back then. Young 20-year-old gets married and has three kids very soon after getting married, and then a fourth one five years later, she was a busy woman and a very, very hard worker. 
and the relationship didn't work out. When I began to see things from my mom's point of view, this could have just been a coincidence, but spending a lot of time with her and dad with the new girlfriend, we weren't very close. Fast forward to January 2010, my day job was cooking for race car teams. Mom and I owned a successful catering business, and we served food for race car teams in the IMSA series, which is owned by NASCAR. We were in Daytona Beach, Florida, cooking for a race when I got the call, got to see dad right away. Dad was in the local hospital. He lived in Daytona Beach, Florida. He was in very poor shape. He had had a problem with his back, and as it turned out, he had a cancerous tumor that actually broke apart part of his back. They gave him last rites. They didn't think he was going to make it, but he did. They were able to do surgery on him. They put him in what's called a turtle shell, so he had limited mobility and couldn't do any more damage to his back. He was in a wheelchair, hospital bed. He ended up going into hospice for some time to try to regulate his pain medications. They installed a pain pump within him because lots of pain involved. And over the course of the next five months, I relocated to Florida to be with my dad. So I moved in into an apartment nearby him and his girlfriend. And over those many months, I did everything I could to help with doctor's appointments, cooking, and caring for him. My other siblings, all married, all have families. I was a single girl, so it was easy for me to do. I won't get into the nitty gritty about it, but the bottom line is, as dad's health deteriorated, my siblings wanted him in New England, in Connecticut, closer to two of them. And meanwhile, my dad wanted to stay in Florida where his lady friend was and his whole community. He had lived in Florida for a long, long time. While I was traveling at one of my races, I was out in California, my siblings got a private medical airplane and took dad from Florida to where they were in Connecticut. My dad was calling me. He didn't want to go. My siblings thought I somehow manipulated my dad. And things just started falling apart from there on. They checked him into a nice hospital, good care. And dad only survived maybe another three or four weeks. I'm not sure. I don't really quite remember. But what was tough is that I was angry at my siblings for moving him. They said dad wanted to go. And when I was with dad, he said he didn't want to go. At that point, I thought they were lying because, you know, I trusted my dad, and my relationship just kept getting worse with my siblings. Fights over everything. Like I said, I relocated to be with him. So I packed up everything, and I went to Connecticut. I stayed in a hotel for those last couple of weeks. And I was with my dad from the moment he woke up to the moment he went to bed. I was there. I was talking to the doctors. I was his biggest cheerleader brought movies. I brought all kinds of entertainment, all positive conversations, and did absolutely everything I could with him and for him. And that he really appreciated. You may have heard me on episode 93. 
It's when I do the visualization that you can be reconnected with your loved one in the spirit world. So you know my voice, you know what I sound like in that meditation state. I made a whole bunch of recordings for my dad on a little digital tape recorder of beautiful things for him to visualize when he would go to sleep or if he was in a lot of pain. My dad was someone who rode his bicycle five times across the United States, which is about 3,000 miles, to raise money for Dr. Bernie Siegel's exceptional cancer patients charity, ECAP, it was called, or it is called. Dad, 30 years prior, had been diagnosed with cancer. He had a tumor that was from his kidney to his pelvic bone. And 30 years prior, he was given three months to live. Dad found Dr. Bernie Siegel, who was one of the very first that started saying that we can visualize cancer disappearing. Dad would visualize Pac-Man. Remember that old game? (laughs) Eating up the cancer cells within his body. Of course, he went through traditional chemotherapy and radiation too. But all of a sudden, dad's cancer disappeared. That is a miracle. Dad went on to working with this ECAP group with Dr. Bernie Siegel and helped so many people with positive imagery, doing positive things, being really outspoken for cancer patients and AIDS patients that they're more powerful than they know themselves to be and that they can heal. So really an exceptional human being. So I made a ton of these recordings for my dad, having him visualize his grandchildren, visualize being on a bicycle, riding across the United States, seeing the beautiful scenery and how it felt with the wind on his face. We used to love to go deep sea fishing together. So I had him imagine being on the boat, the sound of the boat, hearing the noise when there's a fish on the line and reeling it in and just did everything I could to have his mind be as positive as possible in this time where he was close to the end, but he kept saying, I'm going to beat it. I'm going to fight this. And he was really, really positive. When we were in his hospital room together, we play a little game that any doctor or nurse or aide that would walk in, when they left the room, they would be happier. We would get them into a conversation. We'd make them laugh. Whatever we could do to put a smile on people's face. We did gratitude games back and forth. What are we grateful for? And all of those things kept our minds busy, which was so important, but it also eased his pain. So it was a really good thing we were together. I saw a side of myself that I never knew existed, being so proactive for his medical care. It was tough, though. My siblings thought I was manipulating my dad, and um, it was very tough. I can tell you, very, very tough. Towards the end, dad developed blood clots in his legs that were really excruciatingly painful to him. And they could tell that his cancer, although it didn't appear on the scans, that it was really heavy duty within his body. Very slowly, the pain medication got turned up. 
Dad was in excruciating pain until the moment he passed. You hear these stories that you don't want a loved one to suffer from cancer. And I never quite got that until I witnessed that. And as much as I believed in the afterlife then, because I had done over 10 years of research into the afterlife by the time my dad passed, had even shared with my dad everything that I knew. And he made me promise I write a book. But even with that, there was nothing worse than watching him pass. And even in his lifeless body, I just kept hugging and kissing him just and talking to him. I said, I know you're here in the room, but this is the hardest thing I've been through. And I know it was hard on my siblings as well, because we all had a good relationship with my dad one-on-one. But all of that really led me into a very dark place. Not only losing my dad, who you've heard me say this before, the more you love, the more it hurts. Well, being by this man's side for the better part of five months and just loving him for who he was present day, it was awful to have him pass and then also have three siblings who think I'm a monster, greedy, narcissistic, all of that. So it was tough. It was really tough. And in case you're wondering, I have forgiven my siblings. I learned a lot about grief. But not only that, looking back, dad was under so much pain medication, a crazy amount. And I really believe that in his more lucid moments, he told me exactly how he felt, that he wanted to stay in Florida, etc. But under all these heavy-duty drugs, when my siblings might have said, oh, wouldn't it be nice if you came back home to Connecticut where we grew up? Dad probably said, oh, I would love that. So they really believed that he did want that. So all is forgiven on my side. We're going to go into a break. When we come back, I promise I'll lighten the mood. I will, I will. And share with you some reasons that I know that my dad is still alive. Some signs from him. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren. Don't forget to check out my show, Strange Things, each week as I bring you the world of the truly amazing and bizarre right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Dr. Sky, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I'm talking to you about my dad. After he passed, it was a tough time. There were fights with my siblings about dad's possessions and matters regarding his will, etc. Shortly after he passed, also, one of our two kitties got very sick. My aunt and I 
ended up spending thousands of dollars trying to save this cat's life. Losing one person was bad, but boy, did we fight because you know what it's like to love a pet. And we sure did with Ozzy, but he didn't survive. So a double dose of grief. Things hit rock bottom for me. I was not going to end my life, but I could totally get how people feeling the way I did might contemplate or actually end their lives. It was a dark place. The more we love, the more it hurts. Unfortunately, at that point, I didn't know about the world of grief. I seemed to have an aha moment that made me want to research grief, why it has to hurt so bad, why good people would turn into such monsters. And I unraveled a world of how our brain chemistry changes when we grieve. I'm not going to get into that right now, but it's in chapter 10 of my book. And stay tuned to the end, because if you don't already have it, I have a free copy for you. But all the information I found really helped me. It helped ease my pain. It was still there, but it gave me understanding for not only why I was experiencing what I was, but how our memory and perception changes. And I had compassion for the first time for myself and my siblings that we were trying to communicate with not healthy brains. All the information I found out about grief, I thought I need to get out into the world. I decided to record a 70-minute audio called How to Survive Grief. I put it on Facebook. People would listen to it, share with two friends. They shared with two friends. And the next thing you know, within a matter of a couple of months, over 3,000 people had heard it. I started receiving emails about how it helped ease their pain made them understand what they were thinking and feeling. And then I had a number of people who told me they chose not to end their life because of the words. I felt like I had a moral responsibility to get these words out to as many people as I could. I didn't want to be known as the grief lady, nor did I feel like I had expertise in that field then. But it hit me, Sandra, if you want to share about all those things you learned about the afterlife... And I always knew if I was going to have a book, I'd call it We Don't Die. And I thought, share what you know about the afterlife, include what you learned about grief. And as a student of human transformation, how do we have a powerful life while we're here? Not knowing how one would possibly begin to write a book, I searched online and found something called Author 101 University. And on a whim, I flew to California to take this weekend course. I still remember entering the elevator to go down to the conference room for day one of the class. I was so scared because I thought, who's going to listen to me? I've never written anything. I'm a nobody and didn't know if my words would make a difference. At the cocktail party on the first night... I noticed a man with a whole bunch of people waiting to talk to him, and he was coughing. I didn't know who he was. I grabbed a bottle of water, and I gave it to him. He looked at me and said, thank you. I went through the three days of Author 101 University, and after it ended, I was taking my belongings, ready to leave the conference room, 
And that man that I'd given the water to said, hey, you're the water girl. I said, yes, I am. And he said, well, what brought you here? And it was one of those moments where I thought, do I tell him the truth about what I want to do? Or do I tell him what I was telling everybody else over the weekend that I wanted to write a book on grief? I was still afraid of sharing about the afterlife. And I told him, honestly, I'm afraid to tell you. He says, you can tell me anything. So I sat for about an hour with David Hancock, the publisher for Morgan James Publishing. I told him everything. My research into the afterlife, about my dad's death, what I learned about grief, how I wanted to write this book called We Don't Die. He said, have you ever written before? I said, nope. He said, there's a book I want you to read about how to do a book proposal. He says, I want you to write one. I want you to do some sample chapters, but write them as if you are telling me the story. So I wrote him what is now chapter one of my book. And I also wrote, which is now chapter 10 of my book about grief. After he received that book proposal, I got the call how fast can you get the whole book done? And in two months, my book was written. Hard to believe, but I did it. It was on a fast forward to be published. I didn't know what the subtitle should be. And I had a wonderful friend and he and I were trying to brainstorm a good subtitle. And I remember being on an airplane and having this aha moment, a skeptic's discovery of life after death. I remember calling Travis and giving him the subtitle. And this man started to cry. He said, Sandra, just before you called, I wrote down the exact seven words because I thought I had a subtitle for you. So he and I were definitely given the same information from whatever higher power that is. Around that same time, I was grieving so much that even though I knew dad lived on, It didn't help ease my pain. Reverend Rita Berkowitz was someone I had met early in my journey. And that's how I found out about electronic voice phenomena. Reverend Rita wrote the book, An Idiot's Guide to Communicating with Spirits. In it, she also had many pictures. She's a medium and she's also an artist. She's retired now. She no longer does private readings for people. In those days, though, she did. I was lucky enough to book a reading with Reverend Rita. And when I walked into the door, she just smiled. And she told me my grandmother was there. She described my grandmother, who was all of about five feet tall, cute as a button, described her, her personality, some of the things we did together, And she told me that Grammy was a greeter in heaven. And that totally fit my grandmother's personality. Very outgoing, loved everybody. And she told everybody, love you, honey. (laughs) And she loved kissing everybody too. Then she said, your dad's here too. So as an artist, she picked up her sketch pad and the eyes came first, his brown eyes Now, I have brown eyes, too, so she could have guessed that, of course. But the whole time she was drawing the picture, she was talking about my father. She shared information 
from some of the personal conversations I had with dad just before he passed. Things that absolutely no one could know. And then I told you my dad had to wear this turtle shell, right? She said, your dad would explain how his pain felt and where he felt it and that he couldn't move his back because of his spine. She said, your dad used to lean way forward in a chair and push himself up just like this. And she demonstrated that. And that was 100% truthful. And as the picture continued to be drawn, she drew what looked like my dad when he was in the Air Force back in his 20s. Now, dad died when he was hooked up to machinery. He was thin, gray hair, looking very ill. She didn't draw that dad. She drew him healthy, radiant. And that's when she told me that we get to pick our best age when we get over there. And that was his favorite age. I asked her, why did he say, we're going to beat this. He's going to beat the cancer, even though he was days away from dying. And she said, he wanted you kids to know that you should never stop fighting for what you believe in. The amount of information that she gave me was so specific to who dad was that I knew and still do that he's still alive. That was the beginning of messages from my dad. I would go on to being interviewed because the book came out pretty quick. I'm grateful to have had my first experience on Coast to Coast AM with the great George Norrie. And that night, my book hit number one on Amazon. That was a big deal. I ended up getting on some television shows and radio shows. And three times I was on when there was also a medium. And these people didn't know me, but one had said in the studio, is your dad deceased? Yeah. Is his name John? Yeah. (laughs) Was he a pilot? Yeah. Well, he's right here with you and he's helping you with your life's purpose. And then another time, sitting in a cab with a complete stranger. Is your dad deceased? Yeah. Is his name John? Yeah. Was he a pilot? Yep. (laughs) Well, he's right by your side. That happened three different times. I'll never forget it. I've also paid for some high price mediums. I think they were a mistake. And now I know if you pay $150, $200 an hour max, that is plenty. But on this occasion, this gentleman for an hour was shouting out different bits of information about people in my afterlife. And none of them were correct. But then he said, your dad is showing me a fake candle and telling me ambiance. While he was in the hospital, I had given him a fake candle. And he kept saying, as cold and sterile as the hospital is, it brought ambiance to the room. So I knew he had my dad. And there's more. There is more. So let's take a break, and I'll tell you more signs from my dad when we come back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Keep it here. 
here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Sandra Champlain will be right back. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Forbes. The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for details. We're happy to let you know that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows all for free. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. 
It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Ouija board expert Karen A. Dahlman, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I was talking about signs from my dad. I've met a ton of mediums, and they've given me some information about my dad that is written in my book, but also things that no one could possibly know. That makes me know that dad is still alive. I was taking a course in England, and nobody knew me. And one of the mediums got up. She says, I've got a gentleman here who says his daughter is in the audience. He was an airline pilot. And I thought, let me raise my hand. Name is John, was a captain for American Airlines, and proceeded to tell me great things about my dad. And again, he's by my side helping me. When I go to bed at night, sometimes I will see my dad's image in my mind and feel his love. When I'm in a classroom on one of our online classes, very often when we are invited to visualize my loved one, there's my dad. There he is. Sometimes before they even ask, he's there. There was an online medium demonstration, and I had just come back from a walk, and I was being like a little kid, picking dandelions and blowing them and making wishes. And this medium said, Your father was with you. He saw you picking the dandelions, making wishes, remembering when you two used to walk together. The great Sonia Rinaldi, who's capturing images of people in the afterlife, brought through a picture of my dad that looked just like he looked when he was in the Air Force. We have no picture like that. It is definitely my dad. And there have been times just before I go to bed at night that all of a sudden I'll see a slideshow of things that dad and I did together. These pictures show up really fast. So it's not like I'm creating them. They're just there. I take that as my dad is near. Remember I told you about Dr. Bernie Siegel? Well, when I wrote the book, I needed to have someone write the foreword. And I thought it's been 30 years since my dad worked with Bernie Siegel, but I decided to write to him. He answered my email, he knew and remembered my dad, and he wrote a beautiful foreword for my book. He even recorded the audio version. So I'd like to play for you part of the foreword. We don't have time for the whole thing, but I can tell you, if you go to wedontdie.com, click on the store page, find the We Don't Die audio book, use coupon code FREE, you can hear the whole thing. So here's Dr. Bernie Siegel. First of all, I would like to say that I agree with Sandra when she says we don't die. But I think it is important to define what the we is. We consist of more than one thing. We are mind, body, and spirit. I compare us to a satellite dish, a remote control, and a television or computer screen. There are many channels of consciousness available to us and our mind. 
like a remote control, selects the channel to tune into that then defines how we act and demonstrates which program we are tuned into. So components may die or become non-functioning, but the source remains alive and vital and still sends out messages to all living things. I know from personal experience that consciousness never ends. It does not require the physical body to exist. Blind people see when they have a near-death experience. And I learned the same lesson as a four-year-old when I left my body while choking on a toy I had aspirated. I was able to think and see while never wondering how I could accomplish that if I were no longer in my body. When the child on the bed had a seizure and vomited, dislodging the toy parts, I felt sucked back into his body as if by a vacuum. Consciousness never ends, and time does not exist when we leave our bodies. Those are hard things for me to accept and understand, but my experience has opened my mind to the truth. I have also learned that when a loved one dies, that grief can be appropriate, but it must not take over your life and be all that you think about. What taught me that lesson was the experience I had with the angel of death. After one of my young patients died following surgery, I couldn't accept what had happened and how God could make a world where children died of cancer. The angel took me to heaven to see the parade of all the children who had died that week. They were all looking beautiful wearing white robes, and carrying a glowing white candle. When I noticed a child coming carrying a dark candle, the angel told me to go and light it. As I approached the child, I could see it was my patient, Tony. I asked him why no one had lit his candle. He answered, They keep lighting it, but your tears keep putting it out. I now understand that we are here to live and learn and that by learning, we create a better future for all those who will follow us as we are creating a more enlightened consciousness for them to exist in. So when our bodies can no longer function and demonstrate the message of our life, then it is time to leave and become perfect again. I hear voices and know when they are coming from the collective consciousness. The voice has helped me to experience a much more meaningful life. I have written about some of the events, messages that helped my father to die laughing and helped me to adopt a dog named Buddy after writing my book, Buddy's Candle. I have also had mystics bring me messages from my dead patients and family members, and they mentioned their names and spoke with words as that person had. When my parents died, my mystic friend who does not know them called me and said my parents were together again or being shown around by someone who likes cigarettes and chocolate. Before I could answer, she said, Oh, it's Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Yes, Elizabeth was a close friend and mentor of mine. No coincidence. I also had another unexpected experience when a friend, while talking to me on the phone, heard how busy I was and said, Why are you living this life? She wanted me to slow down and do less. But I went into a trance and had a past life experience. I will share that I realized I had become a surgeon because I had killed with a sword in my past life due to a lack of faith in my Lord, like being tuned into the wrong channel and voice, and I now wanted to heal and cure with a knife. I also learned that words, words, words can become swords, 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 and kill or cure. I want people to understand that to me, 
A past life experience does not mean I literally live the experience, but that I am impregnated with the consciousness of someone whose life preceded mine. I think this also accounts for the talent we sometimes see in children that we can't explain. So the body dies, but we do not. I have also had experiences with animal communication. And when animal intuitive Amelia Kincaid, while sitting in Los Angeles, told me where to find a missing cat in Connecticut in incredible detail while seeing through the cat's eyes, I became a believer and have since communicated with our pets. The key to this and all consciousness communication is the quiet mind, similar to the symbolism of the still pond, which then allows us to see the truth reflected back to us. When your life is filled with turbulence, you cannot experience what we are sharing with you. We have to be open to our potential and not close our minds based upon beliefs but learn to accept based upon our experience. My definition of God is loving, intelligent, conscious energy. Therefore, we are immortal through our love and consciousness and capable of altering the physical world through our consciousness and energy by creating the future we desire. When we choose what is life-enhancing for every living thing, we make miracles possible. Our bodies are the tools we use, but cannot last forever, as our love, energy, and consciousness can and do. I can think of so many stories in which messages from the dead have been shared with me by their loved ones. In one case, a murdered young woman loved birds, and at her sister's outdoor wedding, a bird interrupted the wedding by making so much noise that everyone's reaction was it was her sister. As the mother was telling this story, a bird flew in the open window of the room where we were meeting. Never had that ever happened in all the years we met there. Your son loved butterflies, and after his death, a butterfly follows you while out walking in Connecticut. When his dad got home, he looked up the butterfly in his son's book, and it was a species only found in South America. I have photographs of a butterfly that stayed with my wife and me for a day and a half after my wife rescued it from a store by offering it her hand. As we did an outdoor workshop on the Hawaiian island of Kauai, where my patient had died, when we were ready to go to sleep, my wife went out and brushed the butterfly off her shoulder, and it came back into our apartment sitting on her other shoulder. It finally flew off when the workshop ended. Remember, we can be thrown off the earth when our bodies die, but we are still riding the horse of life. When we are ready to leave our bodies and are free of conflict, we can decide to leave with no difficulties. As my father-in-law put it in giving his advice to seniors, tell them to just fall up. The night he was tired of his body, he told us no dinner or vitamins and fell up that evening at age 97. Death, what a great teacher you are. Yet few of us elect to take your class and learn about life. That is the essence of death's teaching. Death is not an elective. We must all take the class. The wise students audit the class in their early years and find enlightenment. They are prepared when graduation day comes. It is your commencement. And another poem I wrote is From a Distance. 
They sang, God is watching us from a distance. I don't agree. I know God, and it is a short trip to God. When I was a child, I thought God was way up there, a long way off. Now I know God is here. Those who understand know that if you can't see God, it's because you can't stoop low enough or think you have to be tall enough to see in a mirror. Be still, bend forward, and get close to yourself, and water will reflect your godliness too. Thank you, Dr. Bernie Siegel. Thank you to my dad. And thank you to you for listening. You never know when the worst times of your life can give you the best things of your life. So have faith, make a difference for another person, give yourself a big hug, and know that you are loved. I'm Sandra Champlain. Thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And if you like this episode of Shades of the Afterlife, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.